Welcome to another episode of Mac and Joe Talk on a Podcast. Hello everyone and thanks for joining us for our final episode of 2019, final episode of the year, final episode of the decade, all those cheesy things final that we of the say. Decade. That's true. Yeah, uh, I'm very happy to be back, Joe. It's been a while. Um, a couple weeks. Yeah, thanks for being back with me, Joe. Of course. Um, we want to say, of course, happy holidays to everyone listening, uh, wherever you are. Um, this year has been great for us. Our pod has was a little pod last year. Now it's grown to something much bigger, and we're getting more and more subscribers on a weekly basis, more and more likes, more and more comments, all that stuff. Um, and that's really uh, more of a testament to, I think, you guys um, for for sharing and liking and commenting and, and doing all that stuff that we ask you to do at the end. Um, and apparently you guys like what we say for some reason, so uh, we're going to keep doing it as much as we can. Um, next year, 2020, hopefully we'll keep going strong and and thank you so much. Uh, I want to give a quick, um, recognition to Joe. Joe, you did a great job this year on the pod. You're always fantastic. You always come with great stuff. So thank you, Joe, for being a part of this. Thank you, buddy. I have a great time doing it with you. Hopefully we continue doing it. Me too. Me too. Um, as I talked about before, we're going to, uh, re rewind 2019, look forward to 2020. Yep. Um, and of course we'll get to our vaunted, uh, top 10 films of the year. Always interesting. I know last year was our most popular episode, was the final episode. Um, but there was a little film that came out, Joe. Just a little. Uh, before uh, we get into everything, um, we, you and I haven't had much of a chance to discuss it. Um, but this is going to be spoiler talk for Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. It's been out for a couple weeks now. So yep. again, you've had that two-week that two-week spoiler window, which is kind of considered normal. Um, so if you haven't seen Star Wars Rise of Skywalker at this point, you probably, one, don't necessarily have a huge interest in seeing it, um, or you're just, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Spoiler talk. We're going to talk a little spoilers yep. here. Uh, Joe, overall, tell me what you thought of Episode Nine. I was a little disappointed. Yeah? What was disappointing about it for you? Um, and apparently I'm not the only one who thinks that because it's got a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is not great. So it's 55 for critics. Um, audiences are still at a B+. Plus. 77. Yeah. So tell me what about it you didn't like, bud. Um, it was very much – I could see why it's a Disney property now. Um, it was very much paid a lot of fan service in the film. And not that I didn't appreciate that, but it got a little redundant and stale. And the plot, I thought the plot was pretty weak. It wasn't really creative. They didn't really show me anything new um, in the films. Um, the acting was overall, it was, it was obviously uh, Daisy Ridley was pretty good. Um, for the, who was Kylo Ren? I forget his name. Adam Driver. Adam Driver. Adam yeah. Driver was very good in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it did all the things that I think fans wanted it to do. Um, it just didn't really excite me very much. Um, it seemed like another Marvel film, to be quite honest. Um, it reminded me very much of, of uh, 
in Marvel's Endgame mm-hmm. in that sense, in that it really kind of touched on a lot of the, it gave the fans what they wanted. It made the fans happy. It had all the references. It had all the Easter eggs. Uh-huh. Um, you know, uh, Princess Leia went out in style. Uh, it gave fans what they wanted at the end, a happy ending. It, it you know, even though, Kylo Ren to sacrifice himself. He, you know, he 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 had he had his own Darth Vader moment where sure. he, where he was a dark side character and then he came back to the light and then he saves it, gave up his life to save to save, uh, you know, save Ray, save Ray. Yeah, and it just it, I just didn't think it was that exciting. It had Billy D. Williams back in it as Lando Calrissian for some small, small, small cameo. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just it just wasn't that overall. I I I, I wasn't that. Ex- I was I was wary of it going into, and it didn't really give me anything to change my opinion. Um, I was wary to go into it, not because of the Last Jedi, but just because I just didn't know how excited I was going to be. And and everything in the trailer it was very much similarly done to a marvel film they played it one way they made it seem like ray was going to turn to the dark side they had they had the double-edged right she's red, 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 red lightsaber but it was literally a vision of her it was like a dream it wasn't anything serious yeah um not a huge risk in the story i never time. really had a doubt that she was going to be a good character i i, I was very i i I did not believe for one minute that she was going to turn to the dark side. It wasn't. It, it, I had very little doubt in my mind that she was going to stay a good character. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just, it, like I said, it 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 didn't give me any reason to change my mind. And the fact that I was wary about it, I'm I'm sure you have a very different opinion than me. I'm sure you loved it. No, for the, for the same reasons that you love Marvels and Marvels. Uh, Avengers Endgame because it really like it taps into all the stuff the fans want to see. It has all the Easter eggs. It has all the references to previous movies. It it, it tied a big bow on it. it. It it did all that stuff. And I just it just it, it it wasn't original for me at all. It was very stale. So I'm very mixed about it. Um, I will I will definitely see it again in theaters before it leaves. Um, I want to see it in IMAX um, just to get another view on it, another perspective. Uh, I do like J.J. Abrams. I think the film is beautifully shot. Uh, it's gorgeous to look at. The that's CGI true. is gorgeous to look at. That's true. Um, that's very true. But that's very much a J.J. Abrams kind of standard, Stable. right? Yeah. I mean, you may not like all of J.J. Abrams' storytelling, but he shoots a beautiful film. Um, so I appreciated that. Um, I'm very mixed on it. Um, I wrote down a, a couple notes. I think you're right. Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley are by far the best part of the film. I think they're the best part of the Disney trilogy. I think their character arcs, while maybe predictable, uh, I enjoyed their performances with it. Um, I thought their interactions in Rise of Skywalker were the best interactions. Um, I think their forced connection when they're talking to each other, their forced connection like when when she passes him the lightsaber through their force connection, I thought was cool. I thought that was something unique and different. Um, some things that I didn't like, uh, I didn't like the origin of Ray. Again, we're in full spoiler mode here. I didn't like how it was a Palpatine. Um, it didn't make sense to me. 
Uh, it didn't. I didn't understand why in The Last Jedi, Kylo Ren and basically says, you're no one, you're from no one. And then in the next film, uh, it's revealed that she's a Palpatine and Kylo's like, oh yeah, I knew that. I didn't want to tell you that. And then Princess Leia's like, yes, I know who you are. And it's like, how come no one told anybody anything? Uh, that was just weird. Uh, obviously, Palpatine comes back. Uh, it's never really ex- fully explained as to how he came back, or he was never really dead. So in some sense, that basically kind of curtails the sacrifice that Anakin Skywalker gives to Palpatine in Return of the Jedi when he kills him, because uh, you think Anakin gives up his life, but Palpatine's not really dead. So what does that sacrifice actually mean? I think you waste Rose Tika, who was an interesting character in Last Jedi, uh, I'm not sure what Finn's purpose was in the entire trilogy. He basically had a new love interest in every single film. Uh, he kept teasing throughout the film that Ray he has something to tell. And I get it. He's Force-sensitive. You don't really have to tease it out. You can just kind of go with it. But where does he get the Force from? Where does he feel it? What does that mean? That's never explained at all. Uh, Oscar Isaac as Poe Dameron is funny. He has moments um but ever since force awakens he really hasn't done anything uh you wasted general hux basically who set up as a really not he's certainly not comparable to kylo ren but he's kind of a ruthless dictator villain uh and then he's he's the spy for the resistance because he doesn't like kylo ren that and he's killed off in the first 20 minutes of the movie that was just a waste of an entire two movie character arc uh and i certainly agree with you about lando uh, I like Billy D. Williams. I think it was fun to see him, but he pops in for 10 minutes and he's there with Chewie and it's like, all right, go get, go get the rest of the resistance. And he disappears for 90 minutes. And then all of a sudden he shows up at the very end with like a thousand resistance fighter ships. And so where, where were all these resistance fighters at it's the no end? It's no different than Endgame. Of the last Jedi. It's no different than Endgame. Well, in Why Endgame, in like Endgame they died and they came back oh, through the portal. Okay. okay. So it's different. They can't just appear from nowhere. They were in Last Jedi. Okay. Okay. They had asked for they're in the bunker and they're getting slaughtered basically by Kylo Ren and General Hux, and they're like, "We need help," and no one comes to help them except for Ray comes to help. Because they, the they had to save it for the big finale. It just doesn't, like it an doesn't make sense. Just like now. an endgame. It doesn't make sense. Just though. like an endgame. So again, I think the film is beautifully shot. I want to see it again because I do think there are worthwhile moments in it. I think especially Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley. But there are several plot points and characters that I simply did not like. I also didn't like how it was, you know, and maybe part of this is because I'm more into it in terms of researching and doing stuff and being at D23, but it was marketed and advertised as this is going to be the end of the greatest story ever told on film. And it was just, I walked out not really feeling much emotion about it. I walked out not really feeling much about the characters. Like I, you're right. I mean, you knew that Kylo was eventually going to be the good guy, you know, and that was kind of predictable throughout the story. And he was going to, whether he was going to sacrifice himself or not, you didn't really know that, but you knew Kylo wasn't going to let Ray die as it were. She was always the heroine. She was the Luke Skywalker of the story. Um, You know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm very mixed about it. Um, again, my biggest concern, concern, concern's not the right word. My biggest flaw with these Disney Star Wars films is 
uh, Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker very much feel like a J.J. Abrams film, and Last Jedi is very much a Ryan Johnson film, and it's not they're not connected. It very much feels like the, the three films are not connected, like the, the middle chapter is not connected to the other stories. Um, and I, I, don't know, I don't know if you feel that. I don't know if you feel like there's a difference between the three films, or did it bother you, or did it not bother you? Um, I wouldn't really consider that to be a top concern for me. I didn't rewatch The Force Awakens, nor did I watch The Last Jedi, nor have I bought them. Because for the simple reason that I don't, I this new trilogy really didn't excite me from the get go. Um, I was more excited about Rogue One than I was about these three films. What about Rogue One excited you? Because it was it was entirely new characters. Yes, they had the basic underlying story, but there wasn't Harrison. Well, that really Ford. was digging up. A New Hope, though, right? That really was the prequel to A New Hope. But at the same time, Luke Skywalker wasn't in it. They sure. had, they had they had a small cameo from like at the very end for Princess Leia. They had they had a, a small cool cameo by Darth Vader, yeah. which was cool. It wasn't Han Solo. It wasn't Chewie. It wasn't any of those guys. It was totally different characters. Is that which, why maybe which, which Solo think, didn't work for you either? Which I think is the reason why The Mandalorian is doing so well. And we'll touch on that. So good. We'll touch on that later. Yeah. But I'm saying The Mandalorian. But even then, they have Baby Yoda, which is kind of homage to the original Yoda. Right, but it's not so Yoda. Though. It's not Yoda. So again, it's totally. It's slightly different. So it's not. There's too much reference to the old, and to be honest, I think having so to answer your question, no, I don't, I I don't see necessarily a disconnect or connect between the three films because uh-huh. I fr- quite frankly I didn't care about the three films as much. Okay, so that's that a good answers, no. That's that a great your point. Question. That's you answered it correctly. You answered it great. Um, I, how would you? I didn't ask you this in advance, so I'm not going to ask you to rank it. Go ahead. Um, but where would this? I mean, would this film rank kind of in the prequel level above that? I, and you like the prequels? To be honest, yeah. To be honest, this yeah. is just me. I mean, and that's I, great. That's why I'm asking. Be, I may be in the minority on this. I like the prequels too. I Don't liked the prequels it. too. Yeah, and I liked the prequels better than these three. All all three prequels. Yes. Okay. okay. Because at least. At least, again, it was a brand new characters. They didn't have Han Solo. They didn't have Luke Skywalker. They had Emperor Palpatine, who you didn't know who was in it. Right. Yes, they had Yoda, but Yoda is like a unifying character who, to All me, right. can trans can transcend. Yeah, you really just had Obi Wan and Anakin, but they were different. Right. They were different actors. They right. had and they had good star power in it. Yeah, they had Liam Neeson. They had they had uh, you know Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. They had they had the Count Dooku guy. Natalie Portman. Yeah, there. Natalie Portman. They had a lot of star power, and not that there wasn't star power in these, but they were trying to. I don't know. It's, okay, we can spend hours talking. No, about no, no. This. That's I. Mm, that's I just great. I I I very much enjoyed seeing again, and this is part of the reason why I liked a certain film this year. The reason I liked the the prequels, even though the third one was pretty abysmal in terms of acting and script writing, at least it told an interesting story. Right. Even though you knew where the story had to go. The story sucked me in and it was captivating in that sense, even though, even though I, like I said, like you said, you knew what was going to happen. You knew that he was going to turn into Darth Vader. But seeing the transformation I thought was unique and interesting. 
and fascinating. Yes, the story was was a little bit, you know, the script writing and the acting by some of the characters was was kind of bad in in, right. in, in spots. I just yes, you, this you, was a, the 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 seven eight nine were more polished. They were they were beautiful to look at. They told interesting interesting story, but it wasn't captivating for me. It was too much of the old. They were trying to pay homage to the old and still do something new. I think that's the reason why the Mandalorian is doing so well because it's totally different. Yes, there's Boba Boba Fett, but that's he's a faceless character. We haven't seen Boba Fett yet. I thought he was Mandalorian. I thought he was. They they have we haven't shown Boba Fett yet. Oh, anyway. Well, I'm just I, saying, I believe they. Will, I, I believe I they will show. It. I haven't watched it. I'm just saying, like he's a, he's a faceless character. Sure. You don't know who he is. Yeah. So he could essentially be anybody. I guess mean, right. he was in the prequels, but I don't know. It just it. I didn't think I I didn't think the Last Jedi was as was totally abysmal as everyone said it was, but I didn't think the Rise of Skywalker was significantly better than the Last Jedi, or even better or equally as good as the Force Awakens. I mean, you'd mentioned, you mentioned Finn. All of a sudden he's, he's like a, he's, he, everyone thinks he's going to be the new Jedi. And now where, what happened? He's totally like a non-character right. in the last movie. He does not, he does nothing. He does nothing. Yeah. He was like a lightsaber guy. He was battling Kylo Ren and he almost died. Yeah. And now it's like, he's just like some sidebar character. And then there's that other girl who was, well, yeah, maybe because it was the last Jedi. Uh, Rose Tika, right? Yeah, Rose yeah, Tika. Yeah, she, she had a whole she had a huge plot in Last Jedi. In the last Jedi. She did nothing in Rise of Skywalker. And that's what I mean when I said the films don't feel connected. Like, they weren't planned out. Oh, yeah. Um, so you would probably go maybe original trilogy and then prequel and then the Disney ones. Yes. It's kind of how you'd view that's it. That's how I would view it. Um, this, is, this is a loaded question. Joe, so I don't want to get you upset or, or okay. you know. You're not going to get uh, me upset, buddy. You might but, get me riled up. Uh, I, I can tell I'm getting you riled up. Um, what do you think the future of Star Wars with Disney is? Because Disney obviously owns it now. They should just stick to the small screen Disney Plus stuff and stay away from the movies for a little while. Yes. We don't need to see a yes. Ryan Johnson trilogy or care. anything. I don't want to see a Ryan Johnson trilogy. What if they I were like want, new characters? I don't want to see a Kevin Feige trilogy. I don't want to see any. I want to see brand new characters. I don't want to see any homages to any past characters from here on out. Okay. Let them die and do a new thing. Okay. That would be more interesting to me and I would be more excited. I'm more excited even though I haven't watched it yet to watch The Mandalorian yeah. than I ever am. Because it would be more interesting to see new characters and new worlds and new storylines. Yeah, totally new. Yeah, no more Sith, no more Jedi, no nothing. Well, no more Palpatine, Solos, no, or Skywalkers. Or, we, we've yes. done that. We've seen all that. There's got to be more than three and families me, in the entire galaxy. And I'll be honest, seeing this movie ruins the original trilogies for me. It ruins it. Like you don't want to watch the original yes. trilogy anymore. Interesting. It leaves that bad of a taste in my mouth. Like seeing this last one. It's like you literally just took a Mona Lisa and then you did like a spray paint art of it and said, oh, look, it's the Mona Lisa. It looks just like it. Uh, No, it's not the Mona Lisa. It can never be. So stop trying to duplicate it and do something original. I like it. I know. I like like your take, Joe. I'm just saying. It's It's good. It's not – it's not – do something original. Okay. Do you think that there is something, There's something original yes. to be had in the Star Wars universe? 
Or do you think yes, it's been mine? they're doing oh. it in The Mandalorian. Okay. Even though I, I haven't seen it, but right. from, what I, from what I've gathered, critics and audiences seem to love it. So I so will I, say... I'm not saying that there's no room for originality in the movies. I'm just saying, show me something new, please. Yeah. It's... it's I understand why they bought why they bought it. I understand why they bought the property, why they bought the right, you know, the intellectual property so they could milk it for all it's worth and right, for theme do parks they want. and all that stuff. But it just doesn't yeah. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't hold a candle to the originals. Got it. Well, hopefully know. one day you'll be able to find the originals worth watching no it's okay sorry no no that's okay let me rephrase i didn't say i it didn't it doesn't it doesn't ruin the originals for me maybe that was maybe that was too strong but it's like watching the godfather 3 or even referencing which we'll talk about in a minute game of thrones season 8 it like it leaves such a bad taste in your mouth i haven't seen it yet but that's what the consensus seems to be that you're not wrong about it doesn't that it kind of lessens the other storytelling yes, you've seen. The old storytelling when it ends on such a poor, sad note. Okay. That's fair enough. I don't know. I will say to me the future of Disney Star yeah, what, Wars yeah, is in theme parks. I think yeah, the era so. is where Disney Disney theme parks is kind of where they can go from here. Yeah, they got the rise um, of the resistance the, ri- yeah. the rise of the resistance ride. It's supposed to be absolutely amazing. It's supposed to be incredible. Um, and then you're right. I think the Disney Plus shows have a future. The Mandalorian is incredible. Uh, it's super interesting to watch. Um, yes, it, it very much feels like a world that you know, but, you but don't. it's new characters and you yeah. don't, and you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, every week is a, a new surprise. It's a new reveal. Season two just ended the other day. Uh, it ends on a great note and you see the characters that are there going off. Uh, you see the big bad rising. Um, all the characters you care about end in a, in a place that you want them to. Um, and it's great. So uh, I don't know again, but the next two Disney Plus shows, yes, The Mandalorian Season 2 is coming. But the next two Disney Plus shows are Obi-Wan Kenobi and Cassian Andor K2SO. Um, so those are characters that have already been established. So it's Cassian Andor. Uh, Diego Luna from Rogue One. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then K2SO is his droid. Yeah, but um, she died, so I don't know how she's Right, well, it, they're prequels. It's prequel to Rogue One. So, while The Mandalorian does a great job of telling a new story, now you're going to go back and tell stories of characters that have already been established. I don't know how that's going to work out. Um, but who knows? Let us know your guys' thoughts on Star Wars Rise of Skywalker uh, and what you guys think the potential future of Disney is in Star Wars. Going back, let's look back before we look forward, Joe. Let's look at TV in 2019. Um, I'll just read some of my highlights on TV yep. and theme parks, and then Joe just kind of chime in. I just kind of wrote Maybe down some. That's okay. Do you want to go ahead and go first? I don't watch much TV, to be honest. But, okay. I, but these are just some of the articles and sites that I looked at to find out what was popular in 2019 in terms of dramas and things like that. These mm-hmm. are some of the ones I wrote down. Obviously, Game of Thrones had season eight, which was the last season. Um, kind of a ended on a bad note for many people and didn't really satisfy, live up to the hype. Um, we also got Star Wars Mandalorian towards the end of the year. 
But another another TV show that I thought the rest of the TV shows I wrote down um, seemed to be pretty popular across many websites, and that was Watchmen, Fleabag, Mindhunter, His Dark Materials, Chernobyl, Stranger Things, and Barry. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that I wrote down. I don't really know. I don't watch much TV, but those seem to be the ones that people seem to be consensus. That, that, yeah, overall, yeah. those tended to be. Yeah the 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 ones that were mentioned most okay uh i wrote down game of thrones season eight that may be a hot hot take um but i look at it as the entire uh series came to a close we got really eight great seasons of televisions the best television i've ever seen Uh, and so i look at it from the perspective of i enjoyed the entire arc i understand that three four five and six are really the sweet spots for game of thrones that's really kind of the, the greatness that is Game of Thrones. Uh, but I, I enjoyed everything throughout, and I appreciated uh, the story that was told. I wrote down Watchmen. I think that was great. Uh, I wrote down Watchmen, His Dark Materials. I also wrote down The Witcher, which is on Netflix now. It's the Henry Cavill one. I'm very much enjoying it. Um, and I wrote down The Mandalorian for all the reasons I talked about before and just Disney Plus in general. Um, it's, a new, it's the app that I've had for a couple months now, the streaming service, and I very much... For the most part, enjoy what what's on there. Uh, as far as theme parks go, 2019 was a big year for Galaxy's Edge, mm-hmm. um, Disneyland, and Disney World. I was lucky enough to experience Galaxy's Edge when I went back for D23. It's it's an inc- it's it's really an incredible just achievement. Um, it's really hard to just imagine how if you haven't been there how immersive. It is and how the land is because you think of Disneyland, Disney California Adventure, and you think of it as just attractions, attractions and rides and rides and food stands. And you walk into Galaxy's Edge and it's it's unlike anything you've ever seen. It's really hard to put into words. Um, if you haven't gone, I would obviously encourage you to go whenever you can. It's, it's, just, it's incredible. Um, I know it's expensive to go to Disneyland and all that stuff. Um, but it but really it is. It costs more money to go to it. Yeah, of course. You're, you're, you're buying the Disney ticket. Um, I also wrote down, uh, this might sound lame, I, I really I do like Mickey's Philharmonic and Disney California Adventure. I think it's a nice addition to the land. Uh, Hollywood Studios Land, Disney California Adventure really is just the Imperial Theater, or the Hyperion Theater and Monsters, Inc., the ride. Um, so Mickey's Philharmonic having kind of a permanent attraction there. Uh, at least kind of adds a little bit more to it. An attraction that I have not had the privilege of riding yet is Jurassic World, the ride in Universal Studios Hollywood. Uh, but I hope to cross that off my bucket list in 2020. Do you have anything for 2019, Joe? Yeah, I wrote down, uh, even though it's on the other side of the country, I wrote down Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure. That's a great show. It's supposed to be yeah. a really cool roller coaster ride that has to do with Harry Potter. Yeah, that's awesome. I was a little bit disappointed, honestly, in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. He mentioned that. You didn't, it wasn't your cup of tea. It really didn't, like, it was unique, and I can see why it was revolutionary. For its time, but I didn't. It didn't give me anything that was. It just didn't like excite me as much as I thought it would. Okay. I no, that's fine. Um, and then yeah, I also wrote down Jurassic World: The Ride at Universal Studios Hollywood. That was a pretty. I remember we. Did we go on it in 2019? Yeah, we did. Huh? We did Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, yeah, right yeah, before it closed. Yeah, right before it closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we haven't done World yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we did Jurassic Park yeah. right before it closed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was cool. Yeah. I'm glad we did that one yeah. last time. Cool. 
Um, so now we're going to look forward to some some TV stuff in 2020. I really only wrote down two in 2020. I wrote down Westworld Season 3. Uh, I'm very excited for Westworld to, did not get mentioned. to come back. Um, it's going to come back, I believe, um, in the late summer, early fall. Uh, Westworld took the entire 2019 off. Um, but uh, it's a show that very much intrigues me. Um, and so I'm looking forward for Westworld to come back on HBO season three. I'm also looking forward to, and this is going to sound, it's going to make Joe's eyes roll, but I'm looking forward to the, the Marvel shows on Disney plus. And that starts with uh, the Falcon and winter soldier. I'm excited to see how they, they introduce these short series, limited runs into the overall arc of the story. Um, Kevin Feige's already come out and said that these are part of the larger story. They're not just side quests. So if yeah. you want to continue the story, you have to kind of continue on with these series. So I'm excited to see how they how they introduce it. Because right now, the films, for the most part, have been successful in terms of telling a longer narrative story. Um, now, if you're introduced TV and, and all these other things, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. So um, that's what I'm looking forward to in 2020 on TV. Joe, do you have anything for TV? I wrote down a couple a couple different shows um, that looked kind of interesting. I, it's interesting that I didn't. Nobody mentioned Westworld. Maybe they forgot about it. Um, but I wrote it's a down, lot of TV. I wrote down Picard. Okay, Picard comes CBS out. CBS All Access. Stewart. Yeah. yeah. Um, another TV show called Hunters. I don't know about that one. I've never I don't know. That it one. just it looked okay. kind of intriguing. And then there's a movie. Uh, we kind of mentioned it. it was going to be based off of a book. Uh, it's called the TV show is called Your Honor. Okay. It's with um, the guy from Breaking Bad, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston okay. plays like a, a, a judge. Do you know what network it's on or service remember. it's on? That's okay. Your Honor. Go go look up Your Honor, guys, and tell us where oh, it's on. Hunters is the Al Pacino one. Oh, the Amazon Prime one, the, Amazon the Jordan Prime. Peele one. Yeah, nice. Amazon Prime, how he's hunting like yeah Nazi hunters. Nazi like, hunters. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah. That's a great one. And Joe. then I wrote down the Outsider because I'm reading currently reading it's the on book. HBO coming up. I'm soon. currently reading the book, and it has uh, the guy we just saw in. Uh, I can't it, his name. Yeah, Cynthia Rivo's in it as no, well. The main guy. I know, but uh, Cynthia Rivo's the one I can remember. Um, the guy who's in Rogue One, the guy, yeah, the guy, the guy who's in Ready the Player Australian, One, the, the guy who's in Captain Marvel, Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn. I knew I'd get there at some point. If I and just then I wrote down stuff. a couple of shows I'm surprised you didn't write down sure. because they're ending. And I know that you are excited about them, and that is Arrow and Homeland. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Arrow, Arrow's almost done. Arrow um, is ending so I'm and done. Homeland is ending. Yeah. And that's been a pretty a show that's been on for a long time. Yeah, Homeland's been a pretty successful run. That's great. Yeah, so I'm excited to see... Uh, the ending of Crisis on Infinite Earths as well. The five-episode cross. They did three right before Christmas, and then they're saving the last two episodes like in the first couple weeks of January. Um, so I'm excited to see how that gets resolved. But I'm, Joe's absolutely right. Arrow is something I'm looking forward to as well. Yeah. Uh, for theme parks, you know, I tried to stick more to the West Coast. Uh, Star Wars Rise of the Resistance is already open in Disney World, but it's going to open in Disneyland. January. Yeah, on January 7th in Disneyland. Um, so that's something to look forward to when I go this year. Um, and of course, I'm looking forward to Superhero Universe at Disney California Adventures, summer 2020. Avenger Campus. Avenger Campus. I can't call them Marvel. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the Spider-Man attraction is going to be the first attraction available. Um, and it should be ready by the time... 
it opens. So um, definitely going to look forward to that when I go back sometime this summer or next fall. Wow, this is like this has been an interesting episode. We're not done yet, but I have a lot more stuff written down than you do. That's interesting. This is, this is Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway that opens up in 2020 sometime in Disney World. Not in Disneyland. Oh, okay. But yes, that does open All up right. in Disney. So for our East Coast viewers yeah. that are Disney World, yeah. I know there are a number of you. So and then there's the Ratatouille ride. The Ratatouille in Disney World, World? yeah, in absolutely. Paris. In Epcot, yeah, yeah. In Epcot, yeah. yeah. Right. That's a great one. And then, uh, oh yeah, sorry, in Epcot, no, it's already open in Paris. They yeah, it's open in Disney Paris. Paris. Yeah, there. And then I also wrote down the Secret Life of Pets ride. That's supposed to be kind. Where's of cool. that at? I didn't I know, heard I about that. I don't know. I just I, I I read it somewhere. There's a interesting Secret Life of Oh, the Secret Life of Pets ride is going to go in a Universal Studios Hollywood. Oh, really? And is it replacing something, or is it? It's going to go in the same theater where Despicable Me is or something like that. Despicable Me is being replaced? I don't know. It was something like that. Interesting. Maybe – okay. Don't quote me on Despicable Me. But it's going to be in a similar type theater. Oh, maybe okay. Maybe it's going to go where the Kung Fu Panda was. Okay. I don't know. But they mentioned it was going to go somewhere. Maybe it's like a similar type of experience. Yes. Where it's like that's a what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Because yeah, I don't think yeah. they get rid of Kung Fu Panda. No, no, no. So no. really because that was just like a year ago. Anyway. Um, no, but that's interesting. Sorry, I maybe that. maybe I misread it. Maybe it's going to be a similar type story or similar type experience. Okay. Um, and then also I cool. wrote down that uh, there's quite a few amusement park rides, uh, roller coasters and whatnot that are opening all around the country. I didn't really write them down because there's literally like at least like 40 different roller coasters that are opening all, all over the place. Um Another one I wrote down is obviously yeah the big you stuck sorry you stuck strictly to the West Coast obviously there there's some uh, you know uh, they're making some modifications to Walt Disney World yeah and I also the Tron Light Cycle yeah the like Tron you Light yeah, about yeah. before yeah and then I also there's also doing they're they're going to open up they're going to they're going to start working on or at least I think I read this there's going to be a new Universal Studios park opening yeah. up. Yeah, they're they're we're gonna. I think twenty twenty one is the in date. Florida. So it'll be a third, third, yeah. third theme park gate yeah. to to try and compete more with Disney. Yeah. Um, but they haven't announced any of the lands or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think it's very they're cool start that construction. The Universal's they've had two, and especially with the Harry Potter editions, it's been pretty successful. So the yeah. third park looks like they're trying to compete with Disney, which is great because it only makes everything else go further yeah. on. Do you have anything else on twenty twenty? No, that was it. That was it on theme parks. That's great, Joe. Thank you for that. Um, Now we're going to get to some of the good stuff here, some of the stuff. Uh, Again, before we look back, we're going to look forward. Twenty twenty most anticipated films of the year. Um, I've down quite a few. I that's that's great. I will preface this by saying some of these films they, we have, they have. Well, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. That's say okay. What you're say. say no. Say what you. Uh, some a lot of the films that that I wrote down, and I think we we you and I had a lot of the same films last year. We had written down a lot of them are based on stuff that we know about. A lot of the the under the radar type of films that get released later on in the year, we won't know those until. Later on, like the Uncut Gems was a film that we didn't know anything about. Yeah. Currently, before, so a lot of the stuff that at least I wrote down are, are kind of the bigger stuff, yes. just because I, I know at least what the idea is. Um, but there's always and there's films on my top ten. I'm sure on Joe's top ten that uh, at this point last year we had no we had idea no what idea. the film was. 
Um, so these most anticipated lists almost always include, you know, bigger films from yes. bigger studios and things like that. Uh, I'll let you go first, Joe. We'll alternate. We'll go every other one. I'm oh, sure we have some of the so same ones. What I was going to say, what? What, what I was going to say is, I was going to preface this by saying that some movies that I wrote down, they're not released worldwide yet or uh, in wide release. Okay. So, for instance, um, so you wanted like something that was like 2019, 2020, 2019. Border? So for instance, let me give an example. Like 19, uh, 1917. That was the movie that I wrote down that I'm super excited to see that technically came out this year, but in small, yeah, small, limited release, limited release, small, small markets. It will get wide release in January. So that's the first movie that I'm really looking forward to. And I'm super excited for it. It's getting a lot of good reviews. It looks intense. Um, I'm super. I just can't say enough about it. I, okay. I, it just looks like a really, really, really good movie. It's got Benedict Cumberbatch in it. It's got the guy from King's Speech, Colin Firth. Colin Firth. It's yeah. got. Um, I don't really know who the two main guys, the brothers are, or whatever the know. guys, the guys in the army. But it yeah. just it just looks similar in intensity as. Uh, like a Saving Private Ryan. No, thing, no, or? the other one. Uh, like a Dunkirk type the of thing? The Dunkirk. It looks okay. similar to Dunkirk in terms okay. of intensity and like putting you right in the middle of the war. Okay. Um, um, I was going to say, Joe, I'll let you go ahead and pick the one you're most excited about because I think we both have it written oh, down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No time to die. Um, I, I don't know if that's your most excited one. 1917 speak- is super excited. Oh, I, mean, I was going to say your tenet, most tenet, ex- There you go. That was tenet. the one. I, I was going to let you have the glory for that that's one. That's fine. Yeah. So go ahead and, and tell me what about 10. It's just boy. Just because it's got Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. It's got John David Washington. He's moving up from Ballers. Good for him, man. Good for him. He Good. was in Black Klansman, which I still haven't seen, but I want to see. But I want to see it. Good. But he's. I'm glad to see that he's getting his. And it's got Robert Pattinson in it too. Yeah. Um. I can't remember who else. It's got Michael Caine. It's got Kenneth Branagh. Um. It's got an interesting. It's, I don't know anything about it, which makes it even all the more intriguing. Sure. Um, I will. S- Mac Max looking forward to all the Marvel films. I can. Tell I, you. I wrote Marvel down DC films. I can tell you. Uh, three six. A, I wrote down the two Pixar film. Pixar films three six onward and uh, six nineteen soul. What about soul, yeah. Um, so I wrote down both. Um, I've enjoyed the Pixar stuff recently, but again, besides Coco, it really has been sequelitis, Incredible two, Toy Story four, uh, Finding Dory. Um, so I'm excited that Pixar this year is going to original films, two original takes. Again, I really enjoy the sequels, so I'm not complaining about that. Um, but I'm excited that Pixar is kind of getting back to its roots of telling original stuff. So onward on three, six and soul on six nineteen. Go ahead, Joe, and give me another one. If you got one, uh, well, I already mentioned, you mentioned no, no time no, to die. No time to die. I, I had I, that on my list I, as well. I do have to rewatch Spectre to kind of get perspective on, because I guess it kind of picks right up where Spectre left off. Right. Um, but it's it's obviously the probably the last film is Daniel Craig. With Daniel Craig is 007. So yeah. who knows if he's going to survive or not. You know, no one knows. Maybe. I don't know. But okay. in any event, um, it's got Rami Malek fresh off of winning his Oscar and his Golden Globe. So, you know, hopefully he's he, – He's a uh, comparable villain. Yes. Yes. Good. Uh, Joe's right. I wrote down the Marvel films. I wrote Five One Black Widow. Uh, the trailer got me very excited. I'm very interested to see where the okay, story so goes. Just to clarify, I was confused for a minute. You're saying the dates? 
Uh, oh, it's okay. Because um, yeah. I was like three six. Yeah, the dates. I was I'm like, sorry. that's not part of the title. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, May first, five uh, one Black Widow. Um, this will apparently pick up after the events of what I believe is Civil, Civil War, War, and then it will lead up to Infinity War. Maybe kind of go through. Um, we have Florence Pugh as Yelena, who again, if you haven't read the comics, I get it. She is Natasha's sister, so in theory, that could be a new Black Widow. Um, they've very strongly hinted at Taskmaster coming out, and I get it. If you don't read the comics, it's not going to be a thing for you. But Taskmaster is really kind of on that Marvel A-list villains, kind of like your Loki and your Thanoses. Um, so having Taskmaster finally introduced, I think, is very very cool. Um, and I wrote down eleven six November six, The Eternals. Uh, and I don't know anything about it. Um, but it looks to be a brand new type of story, brand new characters. It's got Kit Harrington coming back or coming into the Marvel Universe. It's got uh, Richard Madden, also from Game of Thrones, coming into nice. the Marvel Universe. Uh, both actors I very much enjoyed from Game of Thrones and other, um, and other stuff. So I'm excited for, for both of those. Yeah. Cool. Let's go ahead and give me some mouse show if you got some. Um, this one sounded kind of interesting. Uh, the Personal History of David Copperfield. Okay. It's got Dev Patel, and it's it's by an int- uh, I can't remember, but it it just sounded like a quasi interesting movie. Um, Dave Patel obviously would be playing David Copperfield, maybe like a history of kind of like a biopic of him. Interesting. I've never heard of it. Yeah, I don't know. It just came up. Cool. Um, uh, six five. Uh, we're getting another superhero film right off the bat: Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. Um. This film could be wonderful. It could be really not to a certain extent, right? I mean, it's it's playing. We're obviously bringing Steve Rogers back, who was an iconic character. Um, how is Steve that? Steve Rogers. Um, I'm so sorry. Uh, not Steve Rogers. Um, it's blanking on me now. Whatever. Because now it's stuck in my head. The Chris Pine character, uh, Diana's love interest. Um, it brings it up to a whole new millennium whole new year 1984 um so again it's not going to be kind of conflated with like justice league events or batman v superman it's very much still telling diana's story um and i do think wonder woman the original is by far the best take of anything dc that's come out since post nolan batman yeah um so i'm i gotta have at least a little bit of faith in patty jenkins that she can deliver something on the same level. So I'm going to go Wonder Woman 1984. I don't know, I don't know about Christine Wig playing a... Cheetah? She's playing antagonist. a bad guy. I don't know. Pedro Pascal from The Mandalorian is the other bad guy in it. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, one movie that I'm kind of quasi-excited for that I'm sure Mac is not because he kind of rolls his eyes every time we see a trailer for it, and that is The Gentleman. It's coming out at the beginning oh. of the year. It's by the same guy who directed Snatch and um, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, two movies that are kind of quirky in their own way, but they're also, I think, pretty funny. It seems to have all the original guys minus Brad Pitt in it. Um, it's got uh, Matthew McConaughey, Colin Farrell, uh Hugh, uh, Grant, Hugh, Grant. Hugh Grant. It's got the guy from. It's got Henry Golding. Yeah, Henry Golding. You know, Crazy, Crazy Rich Asians. Asians and so I don't know. It just looks kind of like a shoot 'em up kind of funny. Guy film. Ritchie, right? We're guy Ritchie. About- yeah, Guy Ritchie. Okay. Thank you, thank you. Guy That's Ritchie okay. film. Yeah, good. 
Uh, yeah, well, it's it's gotten good reviews so far. I don't know. It looks kind of funny. Um, so maybe maybe it's being released in January. It's like a British because it's got it's got a window. To it's find got something it's got it, a British so. you know the British flair to it. Sure. The, the British type humor, and yeah. I tend to like those. Joe's a sucker for an accent. Yes. Uh, Six twenty six. I wrote down in the heights. Uh, it is uh, it's the movie based on the Lin Manuel Miranda musical. Um, Lin-Manuel uh, Miranda obviously created Hamilton, but his first musical before that was in the Heights. It very much tells uh, the story of uh, Puerto, Rico, Puerto Rican and Dominican uh, subculture I'm looking uh, at his list. in Washington Heights, um, kind of at the turn of the century and, and kind of what it means to be a marginalized person of society. The music's very much kind of a hip-hop salsa infusion. Um, so if you like Hamilton, you like the music of Hamilton, you'll very much kind of enjoy um, In the Heights. And that's actually directed by John Chu, who directed Crazy Rich Asians. Um, that's a film that I enjoyed last year as well. Um, and it will have Lin Manuel in a cameo appearance. I kind of was one of the side characters. Um, but uh, yeah, In the Heights is a film I'm looking forward to. Okay. Um, I wrote down, uh, obviously, Tenant. Um, the other kind of movies that that are coming out, I'll just mention them because I didn't, I didn't write out, I didn't write down who was in it or what it was about. Okay. Um, one movie called Greyhound. I think it's with Tom Hanks. Yeah, I think that's seen like yeah. It's like it a saving, saving Private Ryan type film. And then there's another movie I wrote down. I can't remember who was in it or what it was about. It's called Bios. Anyway, I can't place that one. And then the next one I wrote down is uh, Matt Damon. He plays like a, it, it's it's like a murder mystery type thing. It's it's called Stillwater. I don't know. These are <laughs> these are ones I got off like TV Wire or whatever. Fine. And then the last one I wrote down was a movie with Hugh Jackman called Bad Education. I've heard of that. Where he plays yeah. like a. Uh, where it's like the uh, and that one might speak to me being an educator myself. So supposed to be like a like a drama type movie okay very cool those are the ones i wrote down i awesome. i didn't write down any marvel or anything like that that's okay that's, I, you, I you, you stuck would. to brand i like I it i can't believe you wrote down this next movie uh 717 bob's burgers the movie oh bob's burgers bob's i thought, I thought burgers, that was i thought movie. that was bad boys oh no that's bob's burgers the movie um yeah i very much enjoy the tv show uh it's getting the 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 big screen treatment um, I think a very underrated film, and I, I'm going to make the connection in a second, is The yeah. Simpsons Movie. Okay. Um, and again, it kind of ties into the TV series nicely, so I'm hoping Bob's Burgers The Movie does that as well, get the big string treatment. doesn't mean it's going to be a, a franchise film, per se, but it's going to be a nice companion piece for those that are fans of the film, fans of the show. Bob's Burgers has been on the air for 12 years. It's got a big following. It, it's a popular show, so uh, I'm enjoying it. Uh, 724, I, it might sound cheesy. I'm looking forward to Jungle Cruise. I'm hoping that it's it's another original kind of Pirates of the Caribbean take. It looks to be fun. looks to be exciting. I like what they showed at D23, but again, at D23, they're very much pumping you up with the good stuff, right? They're showing you the good stuff they want you to see. Uh, 10-9, I'm looking forward to Death on the Nile. Uh, it's the follow-up to Kenneth Branagh's Murder on the Orient Express. Um, so if you liked the first one a couple years ago, it's going to be the same Agatha Christie, um, Hercule Poirot type of story. Uh, Gal Gadot is in this one mm-hmm. as well. She's the lead uh, opposite Kenneth Branagh. Uh, I wrote down on eleven twenty three. I wrote down King Richard, uh, which is based on Richard uh, Williams, who is Venus and Serena Williams' father. 
Uh, and King Richard is going to be That's played cool. by Will Smith. Interesting. Um, that so I'm looking forward to that. And also on 1218, I'm looking forward to Dune. Uh, which is you were a Dune fan. Uh, I'm not huge on it. I've never, I don't really know the source material, but it's supposed to be a two-parter. One will come out this year. One will come out next year. Uh, Denis Villeneuve is the director. I'm a fan. Obviously, Arrival, Blade, Blade Runner 2049, the original Sicario. Uh, stars Timothy Chalamet uh, in the lead. And then also has uh, like uh, Zendaya's in it and other things like that. So that's what we're looking forward to in 2020. And now that we're almost at the end, let's look back on 2019, Joe, and yep. see what we have. Let's do, uh, let's do worst films first, Joe. So how would you like to – do you want to alternate or do you want to sure, just go one-off? Okay. Um, I wrote down five for worst films One, of the year. Two, three, four. Joe had a lot of clunkers this year. I wrote year. down four. Okay. Um, so I'll just start and we'll just alternate then. We okay. may – it's always fun when we do these to see how much overlap there is or not. Well, I can tell you right now one of these movies is going to be on both of our lists. I'm okay. sure. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, I don't know. Um, no, in no particular order. No particular order for worst films. Um, I was very mixed on this the first time I saw it. I gave it a rewatch uh, recently, um, and now I, I don't dis- I dislike it even more. And that's Dark Phoenix. Yeah, um, I wrote it that just, down. it I wrote just, that down. it was. I remember. It, well, it was I, me- I remember bad. walking out thinking it was okay. It wasn't the greatest, but it wasn't awful. But it wasn't on the level of what X Men could be. Um, and then I rewatched it again recently, and I was like, yeah, I, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. So I wrote down Dark Phoenix. So okay. I put down Dark Phoenix. So you same reasons, or again. yeah, go 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 ahead and go again. Uh, very disappointing for me. I wrote down Dumbo. Actually, <laughs> I wrote down Dumbo too. Well, that's Dumbo good. was dumb. <laughs> yeah, I just I didn't. It didn't. Uh, I like Tim Burton, obviously, but he didn't. He didn't bring anything original. Tim Burton and Michael Keaton could not save that. It it didn't. It didn't bring anything new to the story. It was bland. Um, it, it I didn't feel anything on it about it, and yeah, I was just kind of there. Um, I wrote down. Joe's gonna laugh at this. I wrote down because he warned me. I wrote down Beach Bum. Um, Harmony Corinne film starring Michael uh, Matthew McConaughey. Excuse me. Uh, I very much like Harmony Corinne's films. Um, he's not a mainstream guy. Um, he tells interesting stories. I thought, but Beach Bum was just not one of those stories. So go ahead and give me something, Joe. Uh, I have two left. I'll tell you one. Uh, okay. This is a movie that I thought was really a bunch of slapstick humor. Nothing. I I. It was it was quasi entertaining, but I didn't think it was it, it wasn't super entertaining for me. It was it again. I can see why people like this type of movie, but it really didn't do anything for me personally. And that is Hobbs and Shaw. Okay, that was the worst film of the year for you. Yes, like of you the year. found nothing redeeming about Very it. Very little. Interesting. Uh, okay, that's fine. Uh, I put down Hellboy. Um, it just, um, was very much a bland take on what could have been a very awesome story arc. Uh, the comic, I've never read the comic, uh, but I know it's very much a beloved piece of art and it just, uh, it was very much kind of a by the numbers comic book adaptation. Didn't really yeah. do anything. So that I wrote down Hellboy. All right. How many do you have left? I have one left. Okay. You go, go. I want to go last. Okay. I want you're going to be shocked when you hear what I have to say. I mean, you're going to say Endgame, and it's going to be incredibly ahead, disappointing because you found nothing redeemable in go the ahead, film. Buddy. Uh, I wrote down Tolkien. Um, oh yeah, Tolkien. Yeah, it yeah. just um, there was nothing. There was nothing I learned about him as a person. There was nothing exciting about the story. I didn't like the acting. 
Uh, it felt like for two hours I was just waiting for the film to end. Uh, I just could not get out of the film soon enough. Um, and so I wrote down Tolkien. All right, here's going to be actually a big surprise for you because it's not Marvel's Endgame because there was some somewhat redeeming qualities it's in it. going to be Knives Out. However, this is the movie that was totally hyped as being the greatest movie ever, and it's going to be... The greatest movie ever. This is going to be the greatest movie ever. It's going to be awesome. Everyone's going to love it. It's going to be so cool, and it did not deliver for me at all, and that is the movie we just saw recently... Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. It okay. was a very, very poor movie, I thought. For all the aforementioned reasons. For all the reasons, aforementioned reasons. I thought you were going to go somewhat different, but... No, no. See, I, I, it certainly... Rise of, Rise of Skywalker... Um, Rise of Skywalker, ...was certainly yes. not uh, not something I put on I, my honorable mention or top ten by any stretch. It's not I, even close, but the, I didn't think it was the worst film well, for me. Well, okay. But I get it, okay. though. I understand where you're going with it, though. The reason I put that is because the hype. Sure. The hype train was that there was going to be the greatest ending of the greatest story ever told, like sliced bread, like greatest, yeah. greatest invention since sliced bread. We're going to tie it all up. And it was literally Endgame all over again, and I was so disappointed. I was interesting. It was. It did not. It didn't do anything for me. Okay. At all. So anyway, that was my. Great. That was my shocker. Your that was that. Well, I mean, you, it you pretty Endgame. much you laid it, it out. You I did lay it out in the beginning. But you didn't know. But you didn't know. Because right, I thought you laid it out in the beginning. I didn't all know right. you were gonna go back to it. All right. Um. So we wrote down before how we many, get to many, our top ten. I wrote yeah. down eight. Eight honorable mentions. Eight. Um, yeah, you see a crap ton of movies. I, you know, there's a bunch of films that I, I will preface it by saying there are films that I enjoyed this year. Uh, I very much enjoyed like a Captain Marvel or like a Shazam, but they're not that to me. Out. Yeah, that came out. To me, they didn't. They they weren't in the upper echelon of films, so they're not. They didn't make the cut per se. But they're honorable mentions. They're they're not honorable mentions. They're oh, not, they're not, not. Okay. But, okay. but again, I, I want to try and make the distinction between films that I feel are the top or, or striving to get to that that top age versus just something that yes, I enjoyed and I can find a rewatch in it. Um, but I think there's a distinction between like worse and then good and then great. Yes. So that's what I'm going with. I have eight honorable mentions, okay, Joe. Why don't you, why don't you do your? Let me just go. Okay. I don't have three. I only have three honorable. That's mentions. fine. I'll just go. I'll just read mine out. Okay. Uh, John Wick uh, three, Parabellum. Um, I thought it was great. Uh, action was great. Action was fun. Um, Keanu Reeves is great as Keanu Reeves, basically. Um, again, it's it just it. Every single John Wick film, the action, the intensity goes up another level. Um, I loved the the final kind of story arc they they went through when they're in the Continental. I thought it was great how they kind of did the new shots that way. Um, I, I loved it. Uh, Booksmart is another film I really much enjoyed this year. Olivia Wilde's uh, first film. Uh, was funny. I was pleasantly surprised how much I enjoyed it, and it's very much a rewatchable film for me. Uh, it's a film that, if I had to say, maybe is my twelfth film of the year. It's probably this one. It's Rocket Man. Uh, I very much enjoyed everything wow. about it. Uh, I think Taron Egerton is getting all the love right wow. now. Even though it was a May film, he's still getting recognized in Golden Globes and SAGs, and I think he's absolutely deserved. I think Taron Egerton is a movie star. Um, so I'm very much, uh, a fan of that. Um, I wrote down knives out, didn't make the cut for me, but I think it's still a great film. 
Um, it's very much twisty. It very much makes you think you know what all the twists are going to be, and there's still some surprises on there. Uh, Brittany Runs a Marathon, the Amazon original film. I very much enjoyed that. This would be my number 11 film. Uh, this just got beat out. There would be Hustlers. Uh, I thought it was great. I thought it was very fun. It was very original. I think Jennifer Lopez is very much going to win the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. Um, at least get another nomination. At least get the nomination. She's been nominated in every other kind of award show building up, and I think she'll get at least the nomination for Hustlers. She deserves it. Uh, Queen and Slam, I thought, was a wonderful film. Uh, original take, original story. Um, and then recently, the new Netflix film, The Two Popes, with Anthony Hopkins and Jonathan Price, is a fascinating watch. Um, I very, very much enjoyed The Two Popes. Um, I can't say enough good things about The Two Popes. It's certainly worth a watch on Netflix if you have it. Um, so go ahead and give me your own mentions, Joe. Well, to, to be honest, I mean, I don't... I just I forget that we're including Netflix films and everything else, and like you see so many more films than I do. Like my list is kind of like invalid because no, it's literally I see I see I see probably about twenty five to thirty films a year, and that's including that's including films on the theater and films on TV, maybe or films on Netflix or something like streaming, right? Streaming, yeah, yeah. I see about thirty. So if I, I have to pick top ten, that's literally like a third of my movies. Okay. It's not even like it's okay. It anyway. doesn't mean you're wrong. Anyway, okay. So here's my uh, out of Let's out of do honorable mentions. Out first. of like the twenty or twenty five movies that I'm I saw, sure you saw more than twenty or twenty five movies. The honorable okay. mentions that I wrote down, I wrote down similar ones that you wrote down, okay. and that is Knives Out, Hustlers. Okay, I just saw it recently. I rented it in Redbox. It Did wasn't you like it? bad. But I didn't think Jennifer Lopez was like. Okay. Amazing. Like, oh my God. She wasn't a Kathy Bates. She wasn't okay. a, she wasn't a uh, Meryl Streep. Okay. I don't think anyone's conflating anyway. Jennifer Lopez to be Meryl anyway. Streep. But and yes. then the last movie I wrote down, it didn't quite make the cut, was Richard Jewell. Okay. Interesting. I knew you liked that a lot. It was good. Um, so now we're going to go through 10 through 1, and we're just going to, just like we did last year, we'll just alternate, alternate? every single okay. one. All right. I'm more than happy to go first, Jennifer. And again, you, like. you have like, you saw like so many more movies, so I know you're gonna have. We're gonna we're gonna vary quite differently on this. There there will, there will be, be the, some overlap, be plenty, though. There will be plenty of movies on your list that I haven't seen or I chose not to put on my list. There will be some overlap for sure, though, and it's okay. always interesting to see where that is. Okay. Uh, number ten is a film I, I believe is going to be on your list. That's Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, I was number ten. It was number ten. Uh, I very much enjoyed it. I was intrigued by the story. I did not know where the story was going. The acting was great. Um, uh, James Mangold continues to prove that he's one of the better directors, working directors today. Um, it was fascinating in all aspects to me. It's very much something I want to rewatch at some point, maybe own at some point. Um, now, now that you know Disney owns Fox, it'll potentially be on Hulu at some point. Um, but yeah, Ford vs. Ferrari is my number ten film. Okay, uh, number ten for me probably didn't make your top ten, but that's okay. Uh, I thought it was good. Uh, it was a captivating story. I wasn't sure where it was going to go. It had, it had really good, powerful acting. The longest drawn out teases. So do you? Okay. Jeez, let's smack you. Oh my god. Um, this is an audio medium. Um, and that is Mark Ruffalo's Dark Waters. Okay. Top. That's a that good was film. that was number ten. Good. Me. That was a really good film. Uh, number nine is a film we recently saw, Uncut Gems. 
Yeah, that's uh, close to where great, uh, great film. I thought Adam Sandler was incredible in the film. I did not know where the film was going to go. Um, original, unique story. Uh, I very much do like the Safdie brothers. If you see Good Times with Robert Pattinson, that's the Safdie brothers' first films. And I think that's the film that actually got Robert Pattinson Batman. Uh, but they, the story is very much two hours, two hour, ten minutes. And it's kind of a nonstop ride once the film goes and it very much just goes um and that's what i liked about it it's pulsating it's it's fast it's it moves Uh um kevin garnett's fun in the movie uh keith stanfield's great as always uh idina menzel is fine in her small part eric bogosian is good as kind of the, the he's the cousin but he's the bad guy um you know judd hirsch kind of makes a nice little fun appearance uh it's a film i really much enjoyed and that's number nine uncut gems um, number nine, you mentioned it was in your honorable mentions. Um, you didn't mention much about it though. And that was for me, I think it's number nine. It's definitely was, I wasn't sure what to expect on it, but it was very, very well done. Very good story. And that was queen and slim. Okay. I very much enjoyed it. It was, I wasn't sure how it was going to end. I really wasn't sure if I was going to like it. I knew very little about it. Um, I thought it was really well done. I, I, up until the very end, even, you know, until the very end when the credits started rolling, I was like, yeah. wow, that was a really good movie. That's very so powerful. It was, yeah, I thought, I thought it was really, really well done. Good. Uh, number eight for me is Toy Story 4. Um, these Toy Story films are great. It's the pinnacle of what kind of is the animation kind of story. Uh, Toy Story 3 really kind of is the perfect Pixar film. And the way it ends, you're kind of like, oh, my God. Uh, I don't know if I ever want to see another Toy Story film. Uh, fun fact, Toy Story 3 is only the second ever animated film to ever be nominated for Best Picture. Um, and then they announced Toy Story 4, and it's it's on that same level of storytelling. Uh, it has great characters. has great new characters. It has the characters you care about um, continuing their journey. And it really kind of tells the story. Toy Story 1, 2, and 3 is really the perspective of what are we as toys doing for our for our kids that play with us and what we mean to them, Toy Story 4 very much takes the approach of what does that mean for us um, as toys once our kids are done playing with us. Um, and I think that's a beautiful uh, story that it was told, and I definitely teared up both times I saw in theater. And um, that's Toy Story 4. It's number eight. Number eight. Uh, you already mentioned it. Uh, mine was yours was number nine. Mine was number eight. And that was Adam Sandler's Uncut Gems. The one thing that I will say, um, a couple of criticisms of the film, and that is you were super excited to see The weekend in the film, and you literally had like a two-minute <laughs> Super can- excited. Yeah, you were like, oh, I'm excited to see The weekend make his, make his uh, film debut, and he literally had nothing in the film. It was the dumbest scenes I've ever seen. Okay. Well, and I mean, the scene it was, is there's a purpose why his scene's in it. Yeah, but it could have been anybody. It didn't sure, have to be Sure, it did not have it to was, be The weekend. You are correct. Dumb. Anyway, and I thought the very, very – not the ending <clears throat> of the film, but the very, very ending, the last scenes in the film were a little strange. Like when – When you're like going like through some galaxy thing. Like I was like, where oh, is it going to okay. end up? Like it was just weird. It's like looking through the gem, right? Yeah, like but it was just unnecessary. Have like a small thing and fade to black. It's like okay. – uh, Anyway, I see what you're that saying. That was weird. That was weird. But Uncut Gems, it was very good. I didn't think Adam Sandler is worthy of an award, but okay. he was definitely a lot better than his usual potty humor type movies. Sure. Uh, number seven is The Irishman. 
Um, on Netflix, it's obviously Scorsese. Uh, this is very much classic Scorsese. It's got De Niro, Pacino, Pesci. It really is kind of an homage to uh, classic Scorsese. Obviously, Scorsese does tremendous work, but the last few films like Silence and Wolf of Wall Street, Shutter Island have kind of veered away from classic, classic Scorsese. This really is kind of a, a throwback to gangster type of films that Scorsese did. Um, and it is three and a half hours and you certainly feel it. Um, but it is, it's jam packed kind of with that classic take that he does. So number seven for me was the Irishman. Uh, number seven for me, uh, I wrote this down. I actually probably enjoyed this film more than you did. Um, I enjoyed it. It was definitely, in the, and I mentioned this when we talked about the movie, when we did a review of it, it's definitely in a war type film. It's one of the films that I thought was very original. It didn't really get much play. It was in and out of the theaters in like two, two weeks. But I very much enjoyed it, and that was Motherless Brooklyn. Sure. Edward yeah, Norton. that was a big – you were a big fan of that. I was, I was a big fan. Good. That's a great that's – that's a good recommendation for people because yeah. a lot of people had, didn't see it. So yeah. it's I, thought, I thought it was really see. well done. Uh, number six, this is going to disappoint Joe, uh, but I put Joker as number six. Um, I think it's a fantastic piece of filmmaking. Um, Todd Phillips certainly – breaks out of the bubble of that he does. I mean, Todd Phillips basically has done the hangover and due date and old school and things like that. But this is completely new from him. Uh, it takes a character that, um, is a very popular pop culture character and it turns it on its head. It's not a comic book film at all. Um, there are several societal issues within the film that I think are played out nicely. The 1% versus the 99%, the mental disability angle. Um, how do we treat people with mental disabilities? Um, you know, rich versus poor, it has a whole construct of social kind of justice and social issues that I think the film plays on nicely while also being a film about a character we all know, um, but we end up not knowing about him. Um, and Joaquin Phoenix is great. It probably is the, I don't think he's going to win, um, but I think it is the greatest performance of the year. Um, so I put Joker as number six. Um, my next film, number six, uh, I put down. We actually didn't see this film together, but I thought it was extremely well done. Uh, I mentioned it in my reviews when we talked about the film that uh, this the actor who played the main role continues to, sh- to demonstrate his uh, diverse and, um, you know, he continues to have a diverse uh, accolades in terms of how he portrays characters, the types of characters, do, the types do, of do, roles. Do, 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 do. What? What was that? I was singing the theme song. Oh, you were? Yeah. You to were. the movie that you're going to say. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood? Yeah. I didn't think do, 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 do. Like Mr. Rogers? That's okay. Anyway. It's A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I thought it was a very touching story. It was very much Tom Hanks and the, and the other main characters' films. Yeah, I thought it was really well done. It was, like I said, he continues to he, – he, he, I, I, he's done so many films where I literally forget that he is the actor and that he is not the actual person because he does such a good job between this, Forrest Gump, you know, other, other movies that he's done. He's um, always worth a watch. Yeah, he was Walt Disney. I mean it was just – it, he continues to push the bar in terms of what an actor can and cannot do, um, in my opinion. So that's A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, number six. It's a great choice, Joe. 
Uh, number five for me is Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, again, I'm a huge Spider-Man person. Uh, not person. Uh, nut would be a more of an appropriate phrase uh, term. Um, so I loved everything about the film. I love how it continued on the story. Uh, not just of the events after Endgame, but it really continues Peter Parker's story and his growth and his development. Um, you know, his relationship with MJ is obviously a key part of it. Um, and it's him continuing to grow up and realize the responsibility he has with these special powers. I know it's a cheesy line with great powers, complete responsibility, but halfway through the film, he really wants to give up these powers. He really wants to give away this. He wants to just be a kid. He wants to just, you know, go out with his friends and tell the girl he likes that he likes her and wants to just be a high school kid and kind of realizes towards the end that this is something that is placed upon him and he has to, this is him. This is his destiny, whether it's, it sucks or whether it's right or wrong. Um, this is who he has to be. And that's what the character of Peter Parker is to a lot of people. It's kind of this destiny of meant to do great things. And he's really kind of a relatable character. Um, I very much did enjoy how they ended it. Uh, with the twist of the reveal. Um, I think that's very much intriguing how it goes forward. I'm obviously ecstatic that Marvel is keeping him on the roster for uh, one more Spider-Man film and one more team-up film. And and number five is Spider-Man Far From Home. Go ahead, number five, Joe. Why are you... Because I'm just... I'm not not surprised. I just couldn't disagree with you more on that film, but that's okay. Okay. All right. Um, Number five, it's a movie that that we saw together. You saw twice. Um, I, it's, it's probably not in your top 10 I doubt it would be but it's a movie I saw this year I thought I was very pleasantly surprised with this film very much an independent film it's, obviously we saw it at an independent film show an independent film no I, I didn't make it because I couldn't get a ticket but you saw it and then we saw it again afterwards and that was Emilio Estevez's The Public it's a great I choice. thought it was a great movie yeah. it was really really funny um, great ending, great acting, Emilio Estevez, um, Alec Baldwin, who's also in Motherless Brooklyn. Um, it also has Christian Slater. <laughs> who I, made a comeback? I yeah. can't remember the last time I saw him in a movie. But right. Maybe he was cheap. He's who making independent he movies now. He was cheap. He was cheap. Anyway, uh, it, it also had the guy from Westworld, too. The guy uh, Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey yeah, yeah. Wright, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, and it, he's I, good. I thought it was a really good film. I very much enjoyed it. I wasn't sure where it was going to go. It was super original. I thought it was great all the yeah. way around. Yeah, I did, I did see it at CineQuest, and I'm glad that, that you were able to see it. Yeah, me it, too. It got, a very limited, it got a very limited release, but I'm glad you the were public. able to check I'm it out. I'm definitely going to buy it. Absolutely. Good. Yeah, very good. good. It, did, it, got, it got picked up by Universal. Nice. Um, so Universal does own the rights to it, so uh, it might be out on on uh, physical copy oh, or, it is. or digital it now. Is. It is. Um, but yeah, it's a Universal. Anyway, film the now. public number five. Good. Uh, number four for me is another Netflix film. It's Marriage Story. Um, Adam Driver, Scarlett Johansson. Uh, it's great. Um, Noah Baumbach. I'm a fan of his films, um, and this very much is a story of two people that you feel are in love with each other, but they're going through a divorce and a breakup and it's messy and they have a kid and they have to go through divorce, divorce lawyers and it's sad and it's, uh, it's heartbreaking and it kind of breaks your heart by the end of the film that these two people can't find this, this end ground, this, this middle ground. And, you know, divorce is such a prevalent thing in our society. And, um, 
you know, people that these two people aren't bad people and they're not, they don't hate each other. There's clearly a love there, but the marriage has run its course and it's, it's over. And what do you do with your life when your relationship ends? And how do you define yourself just as a person when you don't have the other person to define you as a person? I think those are all really telling things that the film does. Um, I think Adam Driver will win for Marriage Story. Um, I think he will beat out Joaquin Phoenix. I'm not saying that's what I would want, but I can see why that would go um, that way. And I certainly could see Scarlett Johansson winning as well. Um, So that's my number four film is Marriage Story. Um, Number four, I had it obviously much, much higher than you. Um, I very much enjoyed the film. I, uh, I was tapping my feet throughout the movie. Uh, cause obviously I knew all the songs and I, and I, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, it was very much more of a musical than a movie, but I thought Taron Edgerton did a great job as Elton John. I almost want, I'm, I, I will definitely buy this movie. It's all, it's already out now, but it's one of the movies that I will definitely own. Um, I thought it did a great job. Um, it took, it took. I thought we made it. We had a discussion about which one I liked more: Bohemian Rhapsody or Rocket Man. Mm-hmm. It would be close, but I would say Rocket Man is the better movie. But ter- but Rami Malek was a better. Was I thought was a little bit better in terms of portraying Freddie Mercury than Taron Edgerton was playing Elton John. But uh, I okay, don't know. that's right. Anyway, but I yeah, I thought the scene at the end of Bohemian Rhapsody, even though it was kind of cool, they had the. Uh, the Live Aid concert. It was a little. It was long. Right. It was like a, it was like a fifteen minute, like listening to all their songs. Like right. that was okay, but yeah, I just like I didn't need to see like five minutes or like fifteen minutes of it. Anyway, okay. So number four for me was Rocket Man uh, with Taron Edgerton as Elton John. Good. I thought it was very good. Good. Uh, number three for me was Avengers Endgame. Um, not number one. That's not number one. What's disappointing? You don't. It's not on your top ten. That's disappointing. But you didn't put it on your worst though, because you found right. something redeeming out of it. Yeah. Um, it's uh, absolutely there are some parts of the story that are one hundred percent predictable. We knew that all these characters were coming back. We just had to get to the how these characters were coming back. I thought all the deaths or those that will not be continued with the franchise um, are worth it. It wraps up. 99% of the storylines that they've gone through for the last 12 years or whatever it is. Um, it's very fulfilling as a fan. There are so many callbacks and throwbacks and references that if you've watched these films and all the films from the beginnings, you will get the majority of the callbacks. And that's very satisfying as a fan, a fan of the comics. Um, there's so many iconic scenes that are sparse throughout the film. Um, I just loved everything about it. It's a hugely epic type of film, and it's it's one of those films that is just uh, gonna. It stayed with me for a long time after I saw it, and I've revisited revisited it a few times after. Uh, it still gets me every time, and it's one of those that I will always uh, be happy to put on and watch. And that's Avengers Endgame. Go ahead, Joe. What's your number All right, three film? Buddy. All right. Number three again. This wasn't on your list, and that's okay. Uh, it's on my list because I don't see nearly as many movies as you but i thought it was very in, it was a very interesting story um i in an age where we're kind of saturated with uh superhero movies and star wars movies and franchise movies it was very original to see this movie it was very much out of the ordinary um 
I thought the acting was great in it. Brad Pitt was sensational in it. Um, and that was, it is not one such upon a time in Hollywood, but it is the science fiction film that I very much enjoyed. That is Ad Astra. Interesting. Number Good. three, Ad Astra. Good. Uh, number two is a film um, I thought it was great. It was Obviously, it's Honey Boy. Um, it's a very cathartic film. Um, it very much is the relationship between a father and a son. I think most people can relate to that. Um, obviously that relationship is not my relationship with my father, but the ups and downs and what that means and how to live not only in your father's shadow, but to be your own man, um, to realize kind of what that means to society. Um, it was emotional. It was touching. I thought Shia LaBeouf was great in it. Um, this is kind of a comeback year for Shia LaBeouf with this and peanut butter Falcon. And I'm, I'm happy because I think Shia LaBeouf is very, very talented. And I'd love to see him come back and do more films. But number two for me was Honey Boy. All right. Number two for me, big surprise. It is is a movie that I very much enjoyed for the same reasons that you enjoyed it. I had it it much higher than you um, for reasons that, again, I don't see as many movies as you. And this was literally the top two movie. Um, It was very, very well done. Um, great story. It was very touching. I couldn't tell where it was going to go. Um, even though I'm not a car guy, it was still very, very well done. And uh, and I I can't say enough about the about Matt Damon and Christian Bale in it. And that is Ford versus Ferrari. That was number two for me. Great. It's a good choice. Why are you staring at me like that? Because you already know what number one is. This is okay. an audio visual medium. No one can see you staring or hitting me on the head. Uh, number one is Jojo Rabbit for me. I'm a little surprised. Um, okay, because Why, you didn't you... include one film on it that you that I thought you very much enjoyed. We can discuss okay, we can that discuss afterwards. it after. Okay, um, Jojo Rabbit I, was great. Uh, Taika Waititi is fantastic as a writer director. Um, again, when I, I gave my review of this film, I, I said I think people are expecting it to kind of be Thor Ragnarok humor, um, where it's kind of like Taika Waititi's playing. Hitler and it's going to be funny. It's going to be a zany take. And it's not, it's very much is Hitler is Hitler. There's no way to paint it around, but the story is really through the prism of a child growing up in Nazi Germany. And what does that mean when everything around you is kind of shaping your world's view, uh, your view of the world. Um, as you get older, you start to think about what that means, right? You're not living just through your parents. You're not living just through society you're having your own thoughts and your own ideas and kind of what that means and not going with society's flow just because everyone around you lives in Germany and they're like, oh, we are Nazis and this is what we do. The kid can see from his own perspective that that's wrong. And my idol five years ago might have been Adolf Hitler, but I can see now that he's a bad person and what he does is not good and it does awful things. And why would I want to embody that as a person? I think that's a very kind of growth thing and uh, from a person and it's uh, it's – there are humor moments in it. Uh, Sam Rockwell's great. Scarlett Johansson's great. Stephen Merchant's great. Uh, obviously, Taika Waititi's great. Um, it's a film that I think could potentially win Best Picture. Uh, it had everything I wanted as a film, and Jojo Rabbit is my number one film of 2019. All right. Well, anybody who's listened to the podcast knows that I really don't need to uh, explain this choice. Um, I, this movie was very near and dear to my heart. Um, a special someone got to me for got it got it for me for Christmas, 
Um, it's a movie I will rewatch over and over and probably never get tired of it. Um, all the movies that I put on my list, um, on my top 10, I think I could rewatch again and still be very much and very much enjoy the film. The only movie that I didn't put on my top 10. Oh, and so number one, obviously is the Joker. Okay. Um, the the one movie that I that I put in an honorable mention that I probably won't watch very much again is Knives Out simply okay. because it's a whodunit film and once you kind of know you it's know kinda, the twist okay it's kind of like you loses its its spice okay um, I one, see that one movie that I was surprised you didn't put on your top ten that I thought you would was The Farewell I liked it I liked it a lot um, I probably should have actually it was very good I probably should have put it on honorable mention. Um, but it's, it's, it certainly doesn't doesn't go ahead of, of the ten films that I put. Wow! Uh, I thought Ford okay. vs Ferrari was better, and Uncut Gems was better. I, I okay. enjoyed those more. That's a good choice, though. It's it's a great. It's uh, the farewell is it's very bittersweet. It's a great performance by Aquafina, who I think is is a movie star. And I think she's going to be a movie star. Looking forward to look forward to. Um, although. Uh, you she can might take be thirsty. That's what you can take it as a sad way that now that she's kind of gotten her breakthrough, she really is. She's lined up to do a bunch of franchise films next, which kind of maybe she would. As an actress, you'd maybe hope that she'd do some more original stuff like The Farewell, um, but she's obviously signed up at Disney now, so uh, who knows what's going to happen with that? But I think The Farewell is a, it's a great as a, film. As a personal assistant, I wonder if she gets thirsty if they bring her a bottle of Aquafina. <laughs> Are you done? Yes, I am done. Um, this has been a great year for uh, for us. Um, it's been a fun year watching films with you, Joe. It's been a fun year watching Game of Thrones with you, Joe. Um, We've still got a couple more seasons yeah, left. We'll get through it by the end of next year, I have no doubt. <laughs> uh, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, it's been fun. We'll try and do Disneyland this year. We'll try yep, and give you guys an update sure. on that. Um, but most importantly, thank you to everyone that's listening. Uh, like I mentioned before, you guys liking, sharing, commenting, rating, review, and subscribing uh, means everything to us, um, and we appreciate you guys listening. Hope you guys have a safe New Year's, obviously. Have fun doing whatever you're doing, and we will see you back uh, in 2020. So go out, see some films, and um, have a great New Year. All right, take care, everyone.